Welcome to The Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we are going to be covering minute number 42. And uh, this minute starts with um, with one of the army hammers on the phone saying, I love you too. Uh, which is probably one of my favorite moments in the entire film is, uh, it's, you know, these kind of big tough guys who were kind of angry about Mark Zuckerberg having to kind of momentarily say that they love their dad. Um, and we go on with a discussion of what what should be done, you know, how how should they get back at Mark Zuckerberg? Um, you know, Divya Narendra he drops a recent pop cultural reference by mentioning The Sopranos. <laughs> and, um, you know, towards the end, they then read out a thing where, it, you know, in the Crimson, Mark had talked about um, rehabilitating his reputation. And that's where the minute ends. Obviously, you know, previously when they sold this idea to Mark, they mentioned rehabilitating his reputation. So... They see this as conclusive evidence that he stole their idea. Uh, but again, like this is one of the things that the film does where, you know, the, the scene in the bike room, I don't know how much of that is accurate, but it sets up a number of other things later in the film that make you think that he did literally steal everything that they said. <laughs> um, but, you know, as as he says in the courtroom, you know, it was Match.com for Harvard. Like, you know, that's not, it's not like a most revolutionary idea. And, I, you know, years down the line, Facebook is no longer whatever that pitch was. So, um and joining me to talk about this today is returning guest Sarah Ifdeka. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Thanks for having me. Obviously, you know, most of the discussion in the scene, uh, I don't know, probably one of my favorite kind of discussions that the film has. Um, and, it, and it has one of probably the best lines in the entire film, um, which is where, you know, Divya suggests <laughs> that they hire the Sopranos. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> I like I like how Tyler's like, we don't have to do that. And Cameron is like, you're right. And then Tyler's like, we could do that. We could do that ourselves. I'm 6'5", 220, and there's two of me. And that's probably like one of the greatest deliveries in the entire film. Like, yes. And I also yeah. really love that as a kind of quiet joke about the fact that there's two of them and that it's actually, you know, the same actor playing both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a little kind of meta joke. And I do love as well that the Divya responds by saying, I'm with this guy. As in, he he's 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 with basically the one actor in the scene, but he's not with the the guy playing the same act, you know, the the same character over there. Um, and again, it like draws the line between you know uh, Divya and Tyler and Cameron. Um, like it just kind of widens the gulf a little bit on what kind of action they want to take. Um, you know, and we, we, you know, this is where we, we, I guess we kind of see the Facebook for the first time. Uh, we've seen it from Mark's point of view, you know, when he was coding it and all that kind of stuff. But now we kind of get to see it from like an, an outside kind of perspective. Um, yes. you know, and, and so it's, it's kind of interesting that Divya has some comments to pass on that. Um, yes, he is but yeah, not I mean, into the, uh, the Mark Zuckerberg production. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, but let's start with the the little kind of moment at the beginning of this, which, like I said yesterday, like the end of the phone call, it finishes with Cameron saying, thank you very much, Dad. And then we get a little thing and he goes, all right, love you too. And I, I just love, I don't know, it's just, it's just kind of funny that it's like, you know, th- th- this is kind of Cameron trying to, you know, um, decide what they're going to do with Mark Zuckerberg and their legal options and all that kind of stuff. And yet he still has to finish the phone call because he's talking to his dad by saying, love you too. 
And I just I just like that little detail that like it makes it a look feel a little bit realer because like in the middle of all this, you know, this anger and the back and forth, he's like, you know, he, he's still got to remember he's he's in a polite conversation with his father. So he has to he has to kind of say that. And it's funny because I would have expected him to say, you know, and Tyler, you know, Tyler also to say, you know, love you too, dad or something like he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Tyler doesn't kind of chime in there. He just lets Cameron kind of finish up and and, and finish the conversation by himself. Um, right. So I can only conclude Tyler does not love their father. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, Cameron's a favorite. And, <laughs> yeah, clearly. Well, I mean, out of the two of them, I would I would definitely pick Cameron over Tyler because Cameron <laughs> is the one who's not threatening to beat you up, basically. Um, His father but, seems like yeah. he might like the less hot headed son better. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And so we kind of get into the you know the discussion here of you know. Um, you know, this is a good guy. That's what Divya says. Obviously, his gigantic cartoonish reaction in the previous minute, highlighting the fact that Divya does not think that Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> is a good guy. And I like that Cameron frames it of saying, well, we don't know that he's not a good guy, which is uh-huh. which is true up until this point. You know, um, they've, they've had so little interaction with Mark Zuckerberg right. that they don't know he's not a good guy. Um, you know, like all he's all he's done basically at this point is lie via email. Mm-hmm. Um and and I do like that Cameron says he never lied to our faces. Like, like that's the <laughs> emphasis. He's like, it's like he's lied, but not to our faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just kind of I kind of like how angry Divya gets. Like this scene is very much you know uh we, you know we have kind of Army Hammer delivering these wonderful performances, but Divya you know Max Mingella you know he had kind of the harder job because obviously not only has he got a kind of uh, match up to Army Hammer, and obviously Army Hammer is a great actor and very charismatic, uh, but he's also got to do it twice. And so, you know, I'm sure he probably gave a dozen different reactions, but I do like the whole, you know, he never lied to our faces. He lied to our email account. Like, <laughs> like you know, I like I like the kind of anger, you know, and like, you know, he, he's he's had a 42 day head start because he knows what you don't, which is getting there first is everything. And I love how Cameron in a, in a moment that feels more Tyler is like, I'm a competitive racer div. I don't think you need to school me on the importance of getting there first. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so I, I kind of love that comeback as well. Um, so yeah. And I mean, they also make an important point that, you know, it isn't their father's lawyer. It's the in-house counsel. So, you know, it's at this point, they're not you know, like, they're not really kind of spending money to take action at this point. They're just using their dad's kind of friend basically to send out a cease and desist letter. Like that seems like the first step. Right. So um, that their dad has a consulting firm and he just has a lawyer that he just kind of constantly has on retainer and is just paying him essentially, you know, he's just paying him a salary. And so they don't really have to do much. Yeah. So which, again, this is something obviously which will be highlighted a bit more, you know, later this week. But it kind of shows the level of privilege that they have, which is their dad has an in-house counsel. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, you know, like I'm sure to anyone listening, you know, you can ask yourself the question, does your father have an in-house counsel? And straight away you'd be like, I don't think so. (laughs) Like, like, you know, only certain (laughs) people need an in-house counsel and they're generally people who have way more money than me. Um, yeah. Although this is the point at which Cameron does kind of bring up the question of, you know, do you want to hire, a, a, you know, an IP lawyer and sue him? And obviously, you know, the kind of final words that would be spoken, you know, kind of by this this kind of team uh, will involve them actually taking that step. And obviously, you know, we'll also mm-hmm. jump back to the depositions in a bit and we'll see that, you know, that is obviously where they end up. Um, but I do kind of like that before that they propose the idea of, you know, hiring the Sopranos, which uh, I don't know how to break it to Divya Narendra, but they are fictional, Divya. You you, you cannot hire the Sopranos. <laughs> um, I would have know. liked that crossover episode, though. 
<laughs> yeah. If there's just a phone call and Tony's just like heavily breathing down the phone and he's like, <laughs> Harvard? All right. You know. Um, just take, take it, M-Track it, it, on up. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, it'd be a nice counterpoint to what was actually the first episode of The Sopranos I ever saw, which was College, which is like the sixth mm. or seventh episode. Uh-huh. Um, and I had I kind of missed out on the phenomena of the, of the start of The Sopranos. But once I saw that episode, which by all accounts is probably one of the best episodes of the first season. So I was oh, yeah. lucky that I, I kind of got in at that point. Um, it would be interesting if there was a point where, you know, uh, Tony's, you know, saying to Meadow, we've got to go to Harvard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got to go talk to this, uh, some some kid called Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that would be that would be a lovely little crossover. Yeah. So, you know, you can't hire the Sopranos because one, they don't exist, Divya. And two, you can't go around hiring hitmen to kill people. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I feel like someone shouldn't have to tell that to Divya. It's a bad business practice. Yeah, and I, you know, and he's he's a business major. You should know that. Uh, but I do like the swerve that kind of Tyler agrees, and then we get the you know six five two twenty, which is such a great line. Um, you know, and then this uh, it's weird because Divya then you know kind of he he, he you know once Cameron says let's calm down, uh, which you know I think is a good step for them to take. Um, you know, Divya kind of lays it out. He says they met with Mark three times. Obviously, in the film, we only ever actually see them meeting with him once. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time that they spend on screen is always in depositions. Um, so it's kind of interesting that there are two occasions, probably after the first time that they took them to the, you know, to the bike room that we we don't actually see. Um, and then he says, you know, we exchanged 52 emails, which I, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a real thing that someone would say in real life. Like in terms of you had know, you I, already really counted the number of emails? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I know I know that Aaron Sorkin is just trying to get some accuracy in here. And obviously they've kind of already discussed in the previous scenes where they've had the back and forth with the emails, like the amount of emails that were sent. Um, but yeah, that, that 52 always feels a little bit weird to me when he says we've exchanged 52 emails because it's like. Uh, you know, although it feels like a divvier thing to do to just be constantly counting how many emails you sent to Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> so maybe it rings true to life. I don't know. I don't know the real Divian Narendra, I should yeah. hasten to say. Um, <laughs> and he probably, yeah, I was going to say, she just probably is the person who did the work of uh, putting together all of the information that they're then starting to relate to uh, the Winklevoss's father and uh, their and the, and the in-house counsel. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is possible that he's the one who's starting to gather some of the evidence that they're going to send to the in-house counsel. Um, and then of course this is where we get the kind of the reveal of uh, Cameron you know <laughs> showing the page you know the, the, the kind of opening page the, the kind of log on page to Facebook and it says a Mark Zuckerberg production and I kind of <laughs> I kind of love how <laughs> Divya says on the home page and Tired is like on every page <laughs> and I love Divya's you know I need a second to let the classiness waft over me um, which again like if I don't know, it, it's one of those kind of Weasley things that Divya does, where it's like, yeah. you know, you know, like I and the thing is, well, I don't, I like to, I obviously, you know, the kind of a Mark Zuckerberg production thing, I think, was taken off of the the kind of every Facebook page. Obviously, most Facebook pages now don't have a bottom mm. uh, because if you're on the news feed, you just keep scrolling forever and ever. Right, there really isn't uh, a bottom. Yeah, so there's no bottom of the page to put it on. Um, but like, I think it was taken off anyway while the uh, various lawsuits were going on because obviously, mm. you know, it, it formed part of the lawsuits about whether or not who was getting credit for creating it. Uh, and I get, I'm gathering it was never put back on, um, you know, and the kind of the information from the masthead, uh, you know, which we kind of discussed a couple of minutes ago, uh, that is still on Facebook, but you really have to go searching for that information. It's it's not right. It's not just out there. Yeah, it used to be like kind of on the top of the page, but they, you know, it's been moved, so you have to really search for the information. 
um, on Facebook now. I guess he realized um, it wasn't, um, in fact, that classy. No. <laughs> uh, and I think there's a certain level of irony as well, because obviously, you know, at this particular point, um, I, I mean, you know, MySpace was still kind of in its early days. Um, but the one thing that people obviously commented about when it came to MySpace was the fact that you could mess with the HTML. And most people did mess with the HTML. I know mm -hmm. I certainly messed with the HTML. <laughs> and in any any box where you put information, if you just put some HTML code, you could change the overall look of the page. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, there were websites that were dedicated to making like gigantic banners that flashed and various other things. And, you know, that's the one thing that kind of Mark Zuckerberg, when he's describing the website that they're creating to Eduardo in earlier minutes, he says it's going to be clean and it's not going to be, you know, messy and there's not going to be tons of pop-up ads. And like he describes it as being kind of clean and simple. And when Divya gets a look at it, of course, he's immediately like picking the one thing where he's like, oh, well, this this website's trash. Mm -hmm. um, when in reality, obviously, it was just blue and white. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it was, you know, so it, it's kind of funny that Divya thinks that this is not a classy website because if you compare it to practically any MySpace page at the time, mm -hmm. They were definitely not classic, <laughs> um, you know. So I just think it's kind of an interesting, you know, uh, kind of thing. And this is where to kind of Tyler. It's funny because this kind of copy of the the Crimson has kind of been passed between the characters, um, and you know, there's a nice little reveal where you know Divya says on the homepage, and then Tyler says on every page, and that's just as Cameron kind of moves the like crimson down from his face mm -hmm. as if to kind of like react mm -hmm. um so that's a nice little thing and they say you know like obviously in the crimson zuckerberg said that he was hoping the privacy options would help him to restore his reputation and then obviously would you know the end of that sentence comes tomorrow um but it's interesting that the kind of and that is from the actual article verbatim oh. and it's interesting that that like privacy options was a thing that mark zuckerberg was thinking about like four days after Facebook had launched. <laughs> like, right, like since that's, that's so much of know. the conversation around Facebook now. Yeah, so <laughs> even when he created the site, like the idea, well, I mean, first of all, the idea that you can't see the Facebook, you know, a Facebook page unless you're on the site, which obviously is something that's been explained to the in-house council. Um, that's an interesting idea because obviously, you know, every MySpace page was basically open. Yeah. Um, and that was the same with like, you know, other social networks at the time. Every like as soon as, you know, I'm sure anyone who had like a live journal uh, or if you're George R. R. Martin still has a live journal, um, you know, the last the, live it, journal. Uh, yeah, the last the, the, the final live journal is <laughs> still going, um, you know, every, like those types of pages were always public. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously you could always draft stuff and then publish them later or, you know, delete them or whatever. But, you know, everything that was on a face was on a website was seen as being instantly public. So the fact that you had to log into Facebook to see other people's pages um, was, uh, you know, a level of privacy that some other websites didn't actually have at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's not, you know, it's not completely inaccurate to say that the privacy options, you know, are a thing that Facebook had. But I guess at the time it was not just a it, it wasn't really a privacy thing. That was mostly an exclusivity thing. You know, it was mm -hmm. it was what had been pitched to him by the Winklevoss twins and Divya, you know, like the idea that you have to have a Harvard email address to, to be a part of this website. Um, you know, that kind of exclusivity and being in a club like that. That's interesting that, you know, Mark Zuckerberg frames that as you know, the privacy options. Um, obviously, face, yeah. face mash was not private. Um, I, actually, I think actually it was only hosted on the Harvard servers. So you still, again, you still had to be in Harvard to get access to right. that link. But So I guess that was exclusive, but not private. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of that, like the calling it privacy options, I think is an interesting thing for, you know, Mark Zuckerberg 
from 15 years to have said you know yeah. like the fact the fact that Mark Zuckerberg in 2004 was talking about privacy options is an interesting um, because what he's actually classifying as privacy is actually just exclusivity. So I was actually wondering about that. Is he also at that point already talking about the extent to which it, you can or can't see things on a person's page, depending on what their settings are and whether you're friends with them? I think at that point you had to be reciprocal friends to see the information on someone's page. Um, so there was no effect. There was effectively no public settings. So if you had a Facebook yeah. address. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but there was actually a day where you could cl- like every Facebook um, page or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, profile. Um, it had just a string of numbers to identify it. So yep. Facebook dot com slash string of numbers. And then there mm-hmm. was a day where they were like, oh, pretty soon you're going to be able to change that URL. So it is your name. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, there was a day when that happened and I immediately claimed my own name. Uh, because in the entire world, I think there are only five of the people I found with my name, so I didn't want any of those guys getting uh, my name on <laughs> Facebook. But at that point, I think that was to make it easier for those URLs to be public. Um, so right. so people could find you by putting facebook.com slash your name or whatever whatever you chose um, mm-hmm. you know, that to be. Um, so, you know, and I actually did not choose one. Um, I got assigned automatically, but, uh, Sarah, Sarah, Ift was not very common. And so I actually did get Sarah.ift because I very possibly was the first Sarah Ift on Facebook. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. But for other people who were like, you know, John Smith or whatever, I'm sure there's one person out there who, uh, one John Smith who on that particular day, uh, you know, like claimed facebook.com slash John Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, but at that point, that was uh, that was kind of at a time when I think they were intending on making all of the pages public. But, you know, they wanted mm-hmm. they wanted it to be kind of like a thing for people to be able to share. But the only way for yeah. you to do that would be to have a URL that was a lot easier to remember. <laughs> and and yeah. having like a long string of numbers was not conducive to that. So obviously they picked a kind of day where you could kind of claim your own your own name. I do remember it being a thing on Facebook where people were posting on other people's walls. You can claim your name now. Quick claim your name. Like it was a thing that happened on a day. And <laughs> there were certain people were like disappointed because they didn't get their name. Um, so... <laughs> You know, uh, but yeah, years later, it, it seems kind of, I think these days when you sign up, it automatically gives you the your name as the URL. Um, but yeah, so uh-huh. so there was a point where you kind of you could only see other people's pages if you were already a member of Facebook and if they were friends with you. Um, and then over time, they kind of tweaked it so that, you know, um, people's once they invented the wall, it was like, well, the wall is always public, but your own information you could change and kind of change the settings on that. I know that certainly like um, date of birth and kind of that stuff that basically could be a security risk. Uh, you've always had, yeah. you've always had, had, always had the option to make it um, private and not public. Um, but there were mm-hmm. other things that basically, you know, kind of have always been public. Um, so although it's interesting because when you see people these days with a profile that is completely locked down, you literally go on their page and it's just, a profile picture and a cover picture and that's literally all the information you get like <laughs> so now you can kind of get it so that people can't see anything on your profile so uh but yeah i don't know it's interesting that kind of you know within days you know the kind of privacy thing was mentioned although at the same time i think that was in reference to face mash um you know obviously that had right you know that caused a bit of controversy um on campus and obviously people did know about it and i feel like when mark zuckerberg saying there'll be privacy options 
he's talking about people not stealing all your photos from a public Facebook and then putting them onto yeah. a website comparing your attractiveness to other people. <laughs> like that's the, Right, yeah. yeah, that you can't do that with Facebook. You can't <laughs> hack it in that way. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of level of privacy that I think he's discussing. But yeah, it's interesting that, that you know, that's still the discussion to this day about Facebook is, you know, privacy and, you know, kind of the information. Yeah. Um, you know, and also kind of the irony that uh, you know, for many years, people kind of were trying to find ways, you know, particularly advertisers and that, of gathering information. And here was a website that basically everybody just supplied all their own information to you. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think it's kind of interesting. But yeah, that's kind of where the minute finishes. Um, you know, I, I mean, I personally don't think that, you know, I, I, I think at this point, obviously, Facebook has changed so much from its original design. Um, that if you actually go back and take a look at some of the Facebook pages from like 2005 and stuff like that, it looks really weird because, you know, you have kind of uh, the way that the status updates were done was so kind of odd and, you know, there's no like mm -hmm. button and you know, it, the whole thing, like, you know, you literally could only post your own status updates and that's it. Yeah. Like no one could reply to your status updates. No one could put stuff, you know, no one could, the whole concept of the wall was people could post stuff on your page. Whereas up until that point, it was just you who could do that. And that's such a weird thing to think right. of Facebook as being, you know, just, <laughs> just you your You advertising yourself um, to the world. And I think, wasn't there also a stage yeah. where your status had to be feeling something where they kind of supplied an opener and you had to kind of fit within that? To start off with, it was always in the third person. So it would always yes. say, Darren is, and then you had to kind of make yes. your your status is fit around the is part, uh, which was, which was always kind of, uh, kind of a difficulty. Like I, it's funny because actually some people would have fun with trying to get it so that that weird third person thing didn't uh -huh. work. Um, so I, I remember, you know, a bit of humor from people in terms of like, you know, the kind of when they used to first post Facebook statuses and they were forced to do it in a certain format. And so they'd kind of play with that. Yeah. Um, but I guess, you know, if there's nothing else to talk about in this minute, that naturally brings me on to the question of when did you join Facebook? I joined Facebook in 2005, uh, which was when I started college. And that was right at that point when I think you needed a .edu email address. But I think it was available at pretty yeah. much all at least U.S. universities. It, well, it wasn't until 2006 before it became public and anyone with an email address could join. Right, yeah. So it was definitely um, before that because so. I remember being very excited that I could join Facebook the second I got the .edu email address. And I remember uh, people in my college complaining because we didn't get our .edu email addresses until we actually got to campus in late August. Whereas we had friends at other universities uh, that got theirs, uh, you know, over the summer or something. And so we had friends who, and so I had friends from high school who already were on Facebook because they got their .edu email addresses over the summer, um, but we could not join at my university until we actually arrived. I, I like that that's like a, just a thing that people would be annoyed about. Yeah. Like, I can't join Facebook. I really want to join Facebook. Yeah. Like, uh, like 14 years later or something, it, it feels really weird that, to think of people <laughs> being enthusiastic about joining Right, Facebook. yeah, exactly. But yeah, uh, that I remember, you know, having friends who were like, oh, are you on Facebook yet? And I was like, ah, no, I can't get on Facebook yet. <laughs> uh, at that particular time, then, you were like the in-house counsel at uh, an extremely expensive uh, consulting firm then. You know, yep, I was, I was to... so close, but couldn't quite get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, you knew people who were there, but unfortunately, you know, you couldn't get on yourself. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of it's kind of weird because, um, you know, I think most of the guests that I had so far, uh, you know, they joined after it was made public. So I think you're the first guest that I've had who's uh, who's been on Facebook the longest and also the guest who's seen the social network the least. So 
it's a it's a weird combination. Exciting I guess maybe Yeah, if you if you if you'd maybe seen the social network at the cinema, maybe you'd have been off Facebook pretty quickly after that. <laughs> right. Um, you know. So, but yeah, uh, I feel like we said about as much as we can then about this minute. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Sarah? Uh, yes, I have a podcast, Media Evil, a medieval pop culture podcast, where my co-host Ollie Brady and I talk about medieval movies and why they're wrong. And you can find us on various podcasting platforms and on Twitter at Media Evil Pod and on Facebook. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here today, Sarah. Thank you very much. And I will see you tomorrow. Bye.